along to Scoreline Extra, the podcast that brings you some of the best interviews that have been conducted on Scoreline, KCLR's weekend show from 2 to 6 this weekend. First up, we have to deal with the GAA, some cracker games, particularly Kilkenny versus Wexford. We'll be getting post-match from Brian Cody and Davy Fitz in just a few minutes. Also, Tom Mullally, commiserations to the Carlo Hurland team, speaks with Brendan Hennessy after that defeat. We'll be chatting soccer with both Cullen United's Rob Hitchens and St. Canis's Eddie Clifford. After that then, you can hear from Molly Scott on being selected for the Under-23 Championship and Mary Lines from Carlotte Lawn and Tennis Club joins us. But first, here's the post-match reaction from Brian Cody. Yeah, obviously there was um, a huge ask, surely, for, for both teams, you know, and it was serious, serious stuff. You know, I mean, 75 minutes, whatever it is, Always going to be serious. Ask of every player in, in Grove Park, then to go to another 25 or whatever, 24, three or two or three as well. It's huge, huge, um, huge reflection on the quality of the players and both teams, to be fair. And obviously, extra time hadn't a great start for us. You know, we lost the player immediately and a goal as well conceded. I think in that 10 minutes, um, the result of the players was absolutely outstanding because we finished that 10 minutes with Wexford getting a point from free to go ahead by a point which means we, we really really responded I mean that that's just attitude that's just that's work I call it what you like but it's it's character it's everything you know and, and, and it went on then and the finish for our last finish very very strongly which is tribute to everybody look I mean it's 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 tribute to everybody concerned in the whole place and the whole panel and it's just um and it gets us to a Leinster final, you know, it, it doesn't get us any kind of silverware or winners of any competition, except it was uh, a championship game that we wanted to win, and we've won it, and now we go on to play Dublin, obviously, in the Leinster final. Yeah, well, it made no secret ever of how I talk about our panel and the, the potential in our panel, and it's there, it's good, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a fair stat that you just put in there, saying seven of our subs scored, and they scored at very, very important times, obviously, as well. And some of them were playing way out the field who scored as well, you know. But look again, it's it's about um, you know there's 34 in our panel and eight, 26, eight of the players you know couldn't tie out today. But those eight players have contributed massively as well to the to the whole preparation for the game and you know the, the making of that 26 is up for grabs again. And we just there's great there's great spirit there, there's great honesty there, and there's talent there as well. Yeah, well, obviously it's a huge ask. Like I said, I mean, to, to, to go for 70 minutes is, is physically demanding in Crow Park. To go for 100, which I suppose by the end of the day is what it was, um, is obviously a, a, a massive ask. And it's a great reflection on, of course, on Mickey as physical trainer and all our physios and medical team and everybody. And it's a massive reflection on the players themselves because, and obviously for so long they were doing the work themselves with, with, with COVID and everything else. And stuck religiously to it and they just had the programs for Mickey and they just went and they trained and they put in the work and, and the, the results were seen today in the conditioning that they have and obviously you know like you said Mickey does deserve great credit for that. There's no doubt about it like I mean we didn't run away with the game it, it was after after a normal time it was a draw and, and that's how close the game was and with 10 minutes to go ten, with 10 minutes to go they led by a point so was it a battle and a half? Yes, it was. And was it physical? It was, which it should be. Hurling is meant to be meant to be physical, and it was, and and physical in the right way. 
So, and again, obviously, you know, it was, there was people at the game watching it and enjoying it, I'm sure, and it certainly added to everything. But look, I mean, we're very, very happy now, of course we are right now, because it's, um, you know, it's a kind of a, when you win a game like that, it, it always feels very, very good. But like, I mean, straight away our thoughts are just to have ordinate. We've played Dublin and Survival. I'd say there were several turning points in the game. If you go through the game from start to finish, I mean, there was times in, in the first, before we got to the first water break, where, you know, maybe Wexford threatened to maybe, you know, get, get, get a big lead. But suddenly, you know, it just turned so many different times. We got back, get back into it a few points ahead, then suddenly there two or three points ahead. It was that kind of game. Obviously, then they got the goal, which made it look really, really their game. But like, it was just the turning point, obviously. The turning point was to just the sheer refusal of our players to, to lay down and to stop and to just never to say the game is gone, just to keep fighting and fighting and fighting. That was a turning point. That was required several times. Your accuracy in 70 minutes, Brian, just four wides, crucial, wasn't it? Wasn't aware of that, no, to be honest, obviously, Liam, but um, that's, that's good, that's good. And probably, you know, Wexford's got some massive points from long distance during the game as well. So look, I mean, scores win matches at the end of the day, and, and I can't even remember the score now, but um, it was just, you know, and, and like some of the scores were, were outstanding. But the end goals, goals are so crucial, and, you know, they, they, they got them and, and, we, and we replayed as well, you know. When you reflect on this victory, Brian, which you'll have a fortnight now, maybe it'll stand to the team even more as the championship progresses. Oh, look, it's savage preparation. Obviously, I mean, we have to look at injuries now and everything else because we had a few lads, obviously, with, who had to go off with, 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 you know, strains or pulls, whatever it was, and we'll see how they are. But, like, I mean, that kind of a match is, is savage preparation for a game we play in two weeks' time. And very, very definitely our, our preparation, our training for the next two weeks will have to be tapered to adjust to that because fellas will not recover from that game for a few days, for sure. And you were, might have been expecting to meet Galway. I know you probably hadn't thought about the Leinster final, but you might have been expecting to meet Galway, but now you're facing Dublin. Well, to be honest about it, I would never say that. If I were asked to kind of um, predict the winner of the two games today, I'd say that any of the four teams could win either match. Dublin, I know how good Dublin are. They are a serious, serious team. And Galway are a serious team. I had shown great form, obviously. But would I have said before the game that Galway are definitely going to win the game? No, I wouldn't. No, I would not. Brian, just to mention as well, uh, TJ Reid, 16 points today, 33 years of age. He wasn't cramping up there at the end at all. He was really showing his experience and keeping calm and setting up for scores going ahead there in the last few minutes. How important is he to the team? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what you said there. Obviously, it reflects just how important he is, you know, and it is a terrific contribution. Like I said, he's, he's 33, he's nearly 34, probably, you know, and, and it's, uh, his fitness level is absolutely top class. Everybody knows his, his, his talent is superb, you know. But again, he, you know, he shows great leadership and his ability then, you know, he's free take and almost always impeccable and pressure free, so many of them as well. But he's, he's just so, so important. But again, like you said, the fact that he was so fresh at the end of the match is serious, serious um, reflection of, of, of the work he puts into it. I feel we were the better team in 70 minutes, that's my honest opinion. I think we were. And I think two, one or two little things went against us, but you have to say fair play to Kilkenny, they'll never give in, they'll stay with you all the time and total respect for that, but I honestly believe we were the better team in the 70 minutes. 
you believe that you should have probably won it in normal time? I suppose when I think about a better team, that means that, you know, so I'd be... That's just what I believe, right? Um, and as I say, you have to give Kilkenny credit, and I will always do that because they will fight you every step of the way. I thought a big turning point was Jack O'Connor's free. I 100% believe that was a free to Wexford, and Owen Murphy gets him and puts it over the bar, so instead of us being two points up, we end up down a point. It was a two-point swing. But in saying that, um, you have to respect the game of hurling. It was a massive game of hurling, but Kilkenny aren't better than us. It's, it's right there, thereabouts. We know we're every bit as good as them, and I think that showed it today. When you say two instances they be in the game, you mentioned you wanted John O'Connor. What was the other ones that you feel in normal time might have affected the result? Listen, Nicky, the last thing we should do today is think about that, right? I naturally I am a bit hurt, and I do feel it's hard to take that because um, man, we had it right there, and, and you're hurting. I'm sure if Kilkenny went through it, they'd pick one or two themselves. You know, that's just how I feel. But in general. I absolutely thought it was a game of hurling. It was. I don't think there was a dirty stroke in it. I think there was very manly stuff out there. Um, it was hard hitting, and it's so hard to take a loss like that. I feel so sorry for my guys. Like eight points wasn't the margin. Everybody knows that at the end. Like we were just gone, so we were at the end. Um, but it's like you take it. Rory O'Connor happens to get that touch inside at the end. The whole game swings far away and with momentum and that. But it's absolutely it's gut-wrenching from our point of view I know Kilkenny are delighted but man I thought I thought we were there today Davey uh, obviously it was a game you nearly had to win in full time did you sense that afterwards that the longer it went on your playoff time the way Wexford play the longer it went on you were going to be in more difficulties yeah well I, f- I felt that like if you look at with Joe O'Connor that we couldn't bring on Damien Reck we couldn't bring on Aidan Nolan we couldn't bring on like, and we'd a lot of lads that hadn't experienced that we'd require. Like, I'd love to have been able to have the three of them available for today. It would have made a massive, massive difference to the way we play if I could have stuck on them three lads. And you're right, we play a game that's built on running. Absolutely ran ourselves into the ground, couldn't get any more out of ourselves. And, um, you know, if you come off a game and you get 110% off your players. They can't give you any more. I actually couldn't ask another thing of them. I, I couldn't. They gave me everything they had. Did we make a few mistakes? I, like, I know there was one or two players today that gave away one or two balls. That we, there was two or three points I know we give away that we shouldn't be giving them away. We handed the scores over. We, when you play a team like Kilkenny, if you give them half a chance, it's bang. I think, I don't know, it's the Whites today around 15-7. Am I right in that or something yeah. up in that? Like... Can't we have to take have to take the chances when we get them, you know? And um, it it hurts a lot, like because we so were looking forward to this game today. Like we knew the league was nothing. We knew today was Everton, and we were ready for it, you know. And um, I thought we were we were right up there. David, can I ask you just about you were saying there? I suppose the kind of game that you play, and this is you know with the whole COVID situation, we're playing a lot more extra time than we would have before. So, what's your feeling on on the whole extra time in Championship? I suppose they have to do it like this. I can't set them. It's not, it's not ideal. I'd rather we could have come back next week. We would have had some crack, wouldn't we? If we could have had another 70 minutes, I'd love to play Kilkenny again. Let us out, let us go at him again. Um, that's how I gauge everything. As, um, when you're playing like Kilkenny, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to go after. And I could see James McGarry's reaction when they got the second goal. He nearly jumped out of the stand and come down and tell me about it. So it must have meant a lot to him, I am, which is great. And fair play to him. I'm glad to see his enthusiasm is so big. But I'll, I won't forget it. We'll keep a store so well. It was like 
obviously that made a difference. I thought we got a small bit ragged coming to the end of normal time and coming into extra time. We were a bit looser than I'd like us to be. Um, so it was but fair play to use the bench well, as I said. Like Nicky, we can't afford to be without them three or four lads. We just were tight and what we have, and it's important. Like, I, I could have half chance them, but if, if they pull their hamstrings again, I wouldn't forgive myself for the rest of the year because Demo, Joe, and Aidan haven't played. Like, they, they just haven't had the games, and I couldn't do it as much as I wanted to do it. And you're right, the subs make a big difference, but probably people watching it, and I've seen a few takes after, as I said, it was an unbelievable game of hurling. And does that make it like, because, you know, sometimes we've seen you come in here and you're, you're absolutely raging, like you're, you know, the anger is all over no. your face, but that's not what I see today, no, it's, no. it's no. disappointment, but yeah. you're, being, you're smiling, you're, <laughs> 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 I mean, you, you are, you, you, I mean, you're able, I suppose, look the back door helps, but also the fact that there's probably great confidence that your team have gained in, in, in playing a game like that, and, you know, you'd still have the back door, it's not the end of this, not the end of the world, not the end of your championship, and still a huge amount you can take from this game going forward in 2021. I, I suppose, like, everybody knew last year that the Wexford team wasn't the Wexford team. They had 13 weeks of club, that's what they had, and they all played hurling football. As much as I'd like them not to do 13 weeks, that's what they did, and you could see they were flat. They weren't flat today, they, they gave 110%. Um, we accept defeat and we always will to Kilkenny. We, we know it'll fight it, but it's, it, it is, you're right, I, I'm not angry, I'm not cross. I'm absolutely so, so, so proud of them. I am, I couldn't be prouder of them, but it still doesn't take away how you feel. Like, you, you, we wanted to get to Leinster final so badly. We really wanted, we valued the Leinster championship and we wanted to get there. Um, but I am really proud of the Wexford lads and I'll tell you, I've always said it, in Wexford, and you can see that in their history, they don't give in and they don't fight. They will never stop fighting. And that's what these guys will they'll never stop fighting. They'll be back for more. David Farrell, finally, sorry, just for me, because um, we didn't get to ask Brian, but I am interested in hearing your thoughts on Luck. With 8,000 people inside the stadium and, you know, we hear about classic championship matches, but there's, you know, the crowd really made it again. I think that's one of half the reason, or partly the reason why people thought it was such a classic game was because you had the roar of the crowd behind it. Well... Let's just say, right, the size of Crow Park is more than able to cope for 8,000 safely, I believe. Out in the open, we all know transmission um, doesn't happen. Um, it won't happen too freely. Like, we're out in the open, I think, to safe, safer. I think we need to really have a look at that. I, I, I would urge the government to, to let people out and about in the fresh air. Um, I think Crow Park can do it. I think other stadiums can do it. And... Like, even the people who were there today, sure, they were on the edge of their seats, and you know what? I'm sure there was other venues around the place that probably had a lot of people in them as well, you know, but maybe inside the stadium is, isn't a bad place for them, and that, you know, and um, I'd love to see it, my own personal view, I'd love to see it open up a small bit. I, I don't think we'll get back that in full for a while, but I think we could maybe go a small bit more. And I, listen, the GA is nothing without the supporter. We need the supporter there. It, it makes such a difference even to the players and the way the game is played. The difference with last year's championship even to what we played out there, it's it's massive. And um, I suppose I I hope everybody at home enjoyed it. Um, it was a manly game today, and um, we just have to get down again and come back for more. That's what we got to do. Have you had a chance to chat to the lads just yet? Yep, I did. I did. Um, no, they they know what I think of them. They know what I think of them. I five years. Spent with this bunch and um, they've they've done Wexford proud. I don't care what anyone says today. So I am, and um, 
really proud of him. Really, really proud of him. So I am, and uh, I am disappointed we didn't get it done the first seventy. But that's the way it was. Are you uh, conscious at all, David? You say you have five years done with them. Are you conscious at all of time ticking down with them or? Yeah. Um, how's, how many years Brian Coley done? I actually, my honest opinion is I think he and the media actually sometimes put pressure on managers if they're there four or five years they should be going. Um, and I, I don't know what will happen. I, I, I can't answer it. Maybe, maybe not. I, I've always said that from day one. Whatever feels right is the thing. Um, like I was gone two years ago but I, just the way they were me, I couldn't leave them the way they were me. And um, I, I don't know what will happen. The only thing I'd say is it, it should be driven. The players and the management, and I think, are very much, they know what the story is, and I think they should be let. It's the same people said to me, Brian Cody's time in Kilkenny is up, and they need some fresh blood, and they need X, Y, and Z. The biggest load of rubbish I've ever heard in my life. I have to say, if Kilkenny people are thinking that, they need to have another look at themselves, because... What he's done is incredible, and he's building a new team again, and he's going again, and he's firing steel and determined. Listen, every other team would be delighted if Brian went, and you might think you'd have a quick answer. You can't beat knowledge and experience, and that's being totally honest. Um, I've probably enough done for him now, but um, I would have massive respect for him, um, so I do, but I want to go to war against him again. Last question, Davy. Kilkenny and Wexford, one of the great, great rivalries. What is it like to be part of that? Because you've been great rivalries in your own time in Munster as well. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely adores, absolutely want to be in the ticket. I I don't fear Kilkenny, never have, never will, but I absolutely love playing against them because you're going to get 110% and I love coming up, up, up against that other man. That's that's what I'm about, it makes me better. And um, it's been a special thing being a part of it, so it has that Wexford um, Kilkenny thing has been very, very special. and. It's something I will never forget in my life. I really, really enjoyed. People talk to me, and Munster heard on his own read. It is great, but you know what? Being a part of this, I, I have seen it from both sides, and that is that out there today was incredible. And we've the battles we've had. We had one in Wexford Park two years ago, a draw. Leinster fine. We we came out the right side by a goal. It could have gone the other way. Like there's been, it's been nip and tuck with us for a good few years. And I think over the last five years, there's very little between the two of us. We've had one a few. They've won a few. And it's, I think it's awesome for her and Nicky. There was a period where Kilkenny were winning a lot and Wexford weren't at the table. They're at the table, so they are. And I think, I, I think everybody respects that. And isn't it great? Um, do you know, even my dressing room, when I see how hurt they were, that makes such a difference. Because um, if they didn't hurt, it's no good. I just hope we can regroup and come. Today will have an effect, no doubt about it, because we were 100% convinced we were going to win today. And it hurts. But that's hurling. You get the little kick and you've got to get back up and fight again. And we let them lick their wounds for a day or two and then we'll give them a kick in the ass and off we'll go again. All right? Thanks, Davey. Thanks, Davey. Thank you. Thanks, Davey. Thank you. Bye, Cody and Davey Fitz there. Davey Fitz, of course, uh, been a bit diplomatic, I suppose, in some of his answers, as one would expect. Tom Mullally is up next on Carlo's defeat to Westmead.
Tom, that's a pity. We're well in that game and it got away in the end. They won by five, but to be fair to Carlo, it probably wasn't a five-point game. You had all the chances in the world to win it, but you just couldn't do it. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Brendan. I think, I think we had the chances to win it and it's not, uh, you know, unfortunately, the scoreboard doesn't lie either. You mean, you have to kind of convert convert those chances, you mean, and I, I think whilst our effort was, was honest and, and, apl- and applaudable, I, I think ultimately we kind of paid the price for not finishing off opportunities. Yeah, the initiative was with Carlo coming into this game a win and you were straight to Croke Park. Now the initiative is with Westmead. If Kildare win a Mullingar, the three of you are on two points and let's take out the calculators, but uh, the initiative is definitely with the Midlanders now. Oh yeah, definitely. You mean and stuff like that? I think it's our first game. Our our our, our two games are over. I mean, Kildare and Westmead play next weekend, and I don't know what set of circumstances or what the scoreline would have to be to put us through or or put us wherever. You mean I haven't I haven't looked at that. We just looked at today, and and um, and obviously the couple of scores conceded at the end um, could be could be costly if if kind of results go whatever way. But look, we'll we'll have to wait and see till next weekend. Yeah, it's a pity because we a lot of good positives there today. Carlo played well, and know we mentioned last week. You know, without your talisman Marty and small counties can't afford it but at the same time the lads stepped up to the plate they mixed it very well because Westmead have played Division 1 this year and when Carlo played in Division 1 a few years ago that stood to them as well so it was a bit of an ask today but as I said to you they gave it a go and the last few scores they got just that's the first time they really got away from you yeah, they got away from us at the right, at, at the right stage for kind of winning the game. It's something we would have we would have hoped the last quarter to kind of to, to push on and, and, and be putting those scores over, especially with having I suppose it was nip, nip and tuck kind of for the first three quarters of the game, and we did look to kind of uh, put our foot on the gas a small little bit, but I mean we just found it was it wasn't quite quite there for us when when, when we wanted it most. Yeah, and the way the fixtures have gone now, you'd Kildare first if you had it next week, it would have fell in your hands. But that's the look of the draw, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. That you mean it's kind of uh, and like like we knew the we knew the setup before we came into it so there's no one uh, like there's no one kind of saying saying anything that way it's, it's purely I thought some of the decisions kind of didn't seem to go our way from a from a, a discipline point of view and stuff like that and I think it seems to be a, it seems to be something there that there's there's some kind of uh, I definitely wouldn't be happy on, on that front anyway today like, Yeah there was a few frees given against you in the second half I, I felt myself Carlo might have stepped over the line a small bit discipline but just talking to a few people there I felt that some of the decisions were harsh were you disappointed with that you were? Oh look I mean I, I'm sure I mean we were looking at it from one angle I mean and, and things of like that and I I'd be, from the angle I saw that, I'd be disappointed. Yeah, but I wasn't standing in the middle of the pitch either. So um, I'm sure, I'm sure the referee um, made the decisions in in this. I mean, as, as honestly as he could. I'm yeah. sure. What have you made of all the new changes, Tom? Uh, I don't the new know. New ball and the hurling. Some people looking at the lads on the on the game and great Kilkenny players and Galway players tip all the lads to play the top. Hurling has changed. It has, yeah, and you'd wonder whether it's for the best. But look, at you mean at the same time we we kind of know where sometimes when you're sitting 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 Croke Park and maybe you haven't having enough uh, to keep you busy, maybe you come up with these rules. I don't know, but it, I I think I think you mean the game was going fine. Um, I, I didn't see much wrong with it. Probably the tackle probably need to be defined all right. You mean and stuff like that. That's probably the only major thing. But I, I'm not sure anyone has, has has come up with a solution for that yet. You mean and I think that's that was the only thing that I thought was outstanding. You mean right after the game last weekend, the football against uh, Lout or against uh, Longford, I spoke to. Tom- um, Niall Carew and he had a little bit of a plan in place for his team outside of playing with the county obviously now Carl have to sit down and wait we'll be back to the club championships and uh, you've stepped in you're only here a short while um, any particular plan for the lads I've seen Jim the chairman having a chat with them there after the match as well so go back to the clubs do your bit and probably a little bit of off uh, season stuff before you get back well we've got to review the year Brendan yeah. and, and that's you mean we've got to make sure that it, it, that whatever is in place is going to right for the players you mean and stuff like that for, for Carlo it, 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 Carlo is a small county it's, it's important that, that 
that resources are maximised too and, and things that way and I think there'll have to, have to be a, a kind of kind of review of, of everything I mean across the, across the board that way like you know Okay and in saying that we have to remember that they're not completely out of the job McDonough yet if Kildare go up there next week and win the match and the scoring difference is suit uh, Carlo could be in Croke Park in a fortnight's time lesser things have happened Galway were beaten by Dublin today Well we'll keep our fingers crossed Brendan Hope, hopefully hopefully. Okay Tom commiserations on today but uh, well done and great effort with Carlo and a great work ethic from the lads overall in the competition Thanks very much Brendan Thanks, Thanks Tom man. Good man thank you No problem Thanks Tom Disappointing result there for the Carlo Hurlers, but great result here for Molly Scott, Carlo native. She's been selected for the Under-23s Championship in Estonia. Thanks for having me. It, it <laughs> just back on. Fantastic news. First, I want to address the fact that I was uh, driving through my local lock boy, and I look up, and there is a big, massive poster of you. Is that what they're called? Poster? And supporting Carlo IT with your face and I was like oh there's Molly I'm going to be talking to her soon so <laughs> no way I see the pop up everywhere people always say that to me but I never see them so <laughs> well driving through Lockboy I'm sure you won't you mightn't see them in Estonia unless Carlo IT have a big yeah, budget and I'm not. sure they do I, I wouldn't surprise <laughs> but being one of the 30 Irish athletes having over for the event uh, you're taking part in the women's 4 by 100 metre relay just uh, it, it we we just I was talking to you in January and we were talking about the strain at COVID nineteen and kind of, you know, getting on different planes and still keeping that athletic life, but obviously curtailed in some way. But now it just seems to be coming out like like a like a train. You just seem to be hitting everything. And I know that you've changed coaches and stuff recently, but it all seems to be really really coming to fruition here. Yeah, well, I'm back actually training with my mom now, but you know. To do, to do with COVID and stuff like that, like, I, the Poland, you know, during the first couple of months of this year really took on all the big competitions. Like, everyone was cancelling and Poland was like, we'll take them, we'll take them. So, we had the European indoors in March, which COVID, it was a bit touch and go. It wasn't the best it could have been in, ter- in terms of, like, protocols. Then when we went to the World Relays in May, it was it was much better, much stricter and a lot safer. So, yeah, no, it's just, um, it is it is different, like, but I think this is the first competition that there's going to be crowds at. I think there's up to a thousand spectators per day in Estonia, which is great. Yeah, well, the, you, you mentioned in, in May you come in 10th place overall in the world relays yeah. of the Irish 4 <laughs> by 100 But, you know, the, just that experience in itself must have been fantastic because there was the chance of Tokyo there on the cards too. Yeah, I have to say it was it was actually, it was a quite disappointing to be honest, because like we did have a great team there, but we didn't have our fastest team, so it was definitely a big missed opportunity. And um, but we did qualify because we came tenth. We qualified for Oregon next year in America. So, so hopefully, if we have a good team, then we'll get to go to the World Championships. But yeah, it was there was a lot more that I think we could have given. So kind of have to move on <laughs> and when you're looking at the margins and I will move on no doubt I won't uh, dwell on it but looking at the margins like you know only two places off 0.3 of a second off Olympic qualification and you talk about, talk about maybe not having your fastest team there but no. still just it comes down to such fine margins does it not yeah exactly like in terms of like the team morale and stuff like that like it was great like everyone was so willing to get out there together and do it as a team so like that was really nice to have but you know like I, I did when I came off the track I did feel quite emotional because you know I seen the Danish team they qualified in 44-2 which was completely within us if we had fielded our um, most adequate team but um, 
no, unfortunately that didn't happen. So I think it's just about maybe in the future we'll have we'll get it together and we'll get it right. Well, speaking of the future, you seem to have a really positive attitude. We were kind of you know scrolling sport follow you on uh, on Twitter, and we love keeping up with the likes of yourself and Marcus Lawler and seeing what's happening yeah. in the athletic world. But like you put up a really positive uh, uh, tweet there recently, saying thanks to my coach, I've competed at every age group, world and European yeah. championship. I've been eligible for since I was sixteen. But what got me was, of course, my dream is to make the Olympics, but it's not my time yet. And it's that yeah. yet that got me because it's like we talk about remaining positive and I did an article up there recently about, you know, how the pressure can for athletes can 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 be quite tough. I, I experienced it in my own life from a career perspective and for athletes then you'll have a lot of other interests coming in and people wanting you to do this, radio interviews, different things like that. And, <laughs> but like just having that confidence in yourself and looking ahead and still enjoying the ride, there's something to be said for that. Yeah, there definitely is. Like there's all there's definitely more downs than up and you know, they're the ones that you don't see on social media but I'm quite good at getting it together for a big competition and getting it right no matter what kind of adversity that comes my way. And dealing with pressure, yeah, some days you deal with it better than others. Like, it is about having a steady mind. And, like, of course, you know, I'd say if the Olympics were on in September and I had a few more races, I, you know, it might be might have been a different story, but I was a, just a, just too close. It came at me too fast, and unfortunately I won't get to go, but, you know, I'm Yet. probably better off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like my goal. My mom actually bought me um, a jigsaw puzzle. It's a light up one of Paris. So you like put it together and it lights up as the Eiffel Tower. So um, that's amazing. She bought, that's... she bought me that as like my incentive that, you know, you can you can fight for fight for Paris. So it's this little Eiffel Tower jigsaw that lights up when you plug it in. <laughs> I was reading a story there recently of a of a, a kid who wanted a dog and her mother said, until you get Olympic or do well in the Olympics, you won't get a dog. And then the child went on, did well in the Olympics, and the <laughs> minister of Japan ended up giving the kid the dog. So No way! <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, it's nice to have uh, goals. Um, talking about your mother as well, we, we spoke back in January, you went down training with Shane McCormick, you were training with yeah. the, you know, Irish legend Phil Healy. Now you've made the adjustment back, you're saying? Yeah, I did. I, I moved back in January. I just um, felt like moving home was, you know, the better choice for me, and um, it was where... You know, it was it was nice to try something different, and I don't regret it. But um, I'm glad to be back training with my mom, and you know, we've learned a lot over the past couple of months, and I'm definitely in a better place now. Yeah, because you were down you're down in Waterford as well, and kind of you're 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 down there in COVID times, and different restrictions yeah, exactly. mean you can't travel yeah. back home, and you can't be yeah. where you're comfortable and stuff. So it, it, yeah. it was a big decision at the time. Um, but now on the horizon is Estonia. You have a, a, a few other people in your team. I'm sure you're really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I really am. Like I, I want to get out. Like obviously the goal would be to get into that final, and then anything can happen. Really. Really, I'm, I said relay. Relay, yeah. <laughs> on my mind. I'm in, I'm in the best shape of my life, definitely. But it is about getting a couple of things right and um, just getting my race right. I am really looking forward to it. It's, um, it's my last ever big underage championship, so I'm hoping to get something good out of it anyways. I've had a couple of, a couple of years at it now, so... Uh, the mantelpiece must be must be getting kind of put under a quite a bit of strain as well. You've received a silver there recently, national track and field championship. Yeah. So there seems to be a lot going on that mantelpiece. Yeah, I, t- I tend not to put. Yeah, like there is. I have a couple of photos up on the wall. And I put the medals into them. My mom does that for me, and <laughs> they they do look really nice. But um, 
I'd rather a few more gold ones than, than silvers, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, they're national medals and they're tough races. Like in Ireland, now we have a great sprinting caliber, so you know you can't really complain when you go out and give it, give it your best. Certainly, and it's a great attitude to have, and no doubt you'll have Olympic gold there from live from uh, France, and you'll be going uh, uh, right off the track, and you'll take a phone call from myself if KCLR haven't sacked <laughs> me by then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, so in in terms of the training regiment, then now between now and when you go to Estonia, what what's happening? Do you, you are you putting yourself continually kind of putting out runs, or is it a rest period? Obviously, your nutrition is very important. So, what's the type of training that leads up to you getting on that plane? Um, well, I, it's, I keep it quite simple, really. Like today, I was training on, you know, the, along the barrow. Mm-hmm. I just did a couple of run, runs along there. You don't always need a track, and I keep my sessions very short, very fast, powerful, and then the rest is all rest because you know all the hard work is kind of done now. It's just reminding your body about what positions it has to be in and um, seeing how it feels and getting ready to run fast. Yeah, because you have a kind of. Uh you know, like you're, you're you're renowned for kind of starting off fast as well, right out of the blocks. So yeah. uh, c- continuing a uh, trademark, as some would say. So yeah, well, that kind of takes you know, it's, that's like more of a mental feeling. You know, you kind of have to get in a certain type of zone to be able to do that. So um, and then my finish has gone off there as well. So hopefully, what? I can put it all together. Molly Scott there from Molly to Mary. Mary Lines from Carlo Tennis Club joins us. Now we move on to Clickenny Soccer. Joining us from Callan United after they received their Mark 1 in the FAI club mark is Rob Hitchens. Oh, it's, it's fantastic, Shane. I mean, uh, a lot of hard work's been put in by the club, uh, as you say, and, um, you know, t- to receive the, the one-star award. We're, we were one of the six founding clubs to, to, to initially get the club mark, so... Um, it, it's a huge achievement, and now we've moved on to the One Star Award. It, it now means that, that, that we're recognised as a an FAI Player Development Centre, which is which is huge for the club. And when you talk about how big it is, obviously monumental work goes in behind the scenes. Could you describe to us kind of what is going in going on behind the scenes with Callum? Yeah, I mean, essentially, this Club Mark Award is, is, is just based on best practice. So, so you're looking at governments, uh, governance of the club, the, the management structure, the administration side of the club, um, and then obviously the, the, the coaching. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it, it's all about making sure that you've got the right people in the right places uh, and kids throw from our academy right through to our junior team are, are well looked after coaching wise uh, and we can offer the facilities uh, that, that those players need to, to develop uh, and hence you know at the minute the, the pitches are under uh, just about to get a new drainage system put in to, to hopefully have two of the best pitches in, in Kilkenny uh, at the end of it. That's amazing. Like you mentioned junior soccer, and I know myself being involved in junior soccer, we won't mention Castle Warren's loss on penalties to Callan there recently. <laughs> we won't fall out over that, but a well-fought game. And uh, I've seen Eddie McAvoy, who I've known for years as well on the sideline, was a joy to kind of manage against him. But we, we get caught up a lot in junior soccer here on KCLR uh, because, you know, we love it. We sponsor the McCallum Cup. But the schoolboy soccer that goes on, um, they're the ones that are ultimately... Is what going to make the KDLs 
junior leagues work and the work then that's been put in by all the clubs such as Evergreen, Freebooters, Thomastown, New Park, Dean Celtic and Callan United and Highview, all other all clubs. Even we're going to talk to St. Canice's now later on, Eddie Clifford and the work that's been done there as they're in their first year, in their inaugural year. But the work at schoolboy levels is just absolutely paramount. So is this kind of vindication for all the work that's been going on the past while? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, as with any club, you, you've got to have a starting foundation. And, um, you know, the, the, the club, I suppose, has been a victim uh, in, in most recent years. Of, we've produced some very, very good players. Um, but, but because we haven't had the facilities or, or the right facilities, they tend to get poached then by, by some of the bigger clubs, uh, hence your Evergreens and your Freebooters. So we're hoping now that, that this big investment we're putting into the pitches um, will be the first phase of, of, of the big development of the club. We're hoping then to upgrade our dressing rooms and, uh, and then have some sort of a clubhouse at the end of it uh, in the next five or six years. It's quite an ambitious programme. Uh, and, and then we can hold on to these players because there's a huge amount of talent coming through our, our schoolboys teams um, with several representatives at FAI level um, at both uh, some of the schoolboys are under 12, under 13s, uh, and a couple of girls from from the the, the girls teams. Um, so you know all the coaching that, the, and grassroots stuff that we've tried to put in over the last three or four years is it, starting to, to to really show this, the, the seeds that were sown are showing development now. It's interesting that you say like uh, players might be you know kind of looking at the facility, say, out in the Kells Road with Evergreen or Freebooters with their new pitch or Dean Celtic, one of the best pitches in, in, in Kilkenya, has to be said. But it's interesting yeah. that you said, well, like, players kind of look onto that and go, oh, well, that's where I'm going to start training. And, you know, you wouldn't see that really in the GEA unless you're up in Dublin and players kind of get poached by the bigger clubs up there, the Super League clubs or whatever. But just to now being able to put in the work that's going ahead. Like, we've... we um. I, when I was in Callan there recently, I looked at where the old pitch was, and there seemed to be you know a lot of work being done on that. Can you describe what what's what's the infrastructure like there? What's it going to be like? Yeah, I mean uh, we're, we're very lucky to have someone on board. Um, the project manager is is a guy called Richard Hayden. Um, he's a great and a man of man. So um, for, for anyone that's not aware, he looks after the Aviva um, Zenit St Petersburg. Um, you know, it, this guy is very well known in the circles, uh, and we're very lucky to, to uh, under the sports capital funding that we got towards the project. Um, Richard sort of came as part of the package. Uh, he likes to help out lots of clubs, and especially being a local one, he's only delighted to to, to throw his two pennies worth in and make sure the project um, meets up to the standards required we've a very good contractor in emerald pitches um they've done lots of work around the country um so so we're pretty confident that at the end of it we'll have two top class pitches um uh, and probably we won't see the benefits of those pitches perhaps for 18 months two years once the grass has, has, has taken time to bed in the the big problem in callan has been that that um a housing estate went in at the side of the pitch called Bolton Woods uh, 12, 13 years ago. And when that came in, the, the natural flow of water used to head off towards the housing estate and, uh, and something happened along the way and the water now is just retained in the fair green in Callan. So we've had to invest in a, in a drainage system here to, to get rid of that excess water. 
Um, uh, in addition to that, then once the drainage goes in, we'll, we'll have uh, a sand-based pitch then going in uh, and then the topsoil on top. Oh, fantastic. And will that also offer uh, facilities for training facilities then as well for yourself? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll still be able to train there. Um, and, and, and we're just hoping, um, as I say, the, the next phase of the project, once the pitches are done, is, is to upgrade the dressing rooms that we have there. Um, and, and, and then hopefully some form of a clubhouse as well. Yeah, it, it's just great to see, like, it, we have some amazing pitches, and then, you know, I've played on some pitches where I had to shoo sheep off beforehand. So, <laughs> I, so it, it's great to see the consistent development in both Kilkenny and Carlow as well. And we know, say, recently, where matches come in thick and fast, some pitches aren't able to hold up to it. Some, you know, we know that teams have been playing midweek and then playing Sunday, and teams that have A, B, Cs, and in Evergreen's case, at, at, at fourth team, uh, that's you know, the, the, the pitches might be able to keep up to that. So just having that top-class facility, having a project manager who's worked with Zenit St. Petersburg, one of the biggest teams in Russia, one of the biggest teams in Europe, it has to be said, it, it, it's just amazing to hear from a Kilkenny perspective, from a local perspective, what's going on. And kudos to everybody that's out there putting in the hard work. De- definitely, Shane. Yeah, I, I mean, look, um, it, it's only when you meet the, these people, you know, I mean, Richard's a very down-to-earth guy. But, you know... Anywhere in the world, you mention this guy's name, and 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 they all know him, you know. So so we're absolutely privileged that he's he's looking after this, and and I've no doubt at the end of it, we'll we'll have a pitch to rival anybody's in in the county. And speaking then of next season, because you're saying you're maybe about eighteen months away, a year and a half away. We know that the the KDL have plans to kick off the season as soon. Well, pretty soon as after the KCLR McCallum Cup final uh, what's the plan for next season then did you find a home we know like the likes of Fort Rangers have had to play in Dirtimus and which is away from Danes Fort and us being Castle Warren we play all our games in Lock Boy which is uh, away from Castle Warren so New Park for a while played in Dirtimus do you have any plans to kind of continue where you're playing on the CBS grounds in Callan next season or is, is there a pitch available somewhere else yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're very lucky. We've got a great relationship with, with the boys' secondary school, Colastrame and Reese here in Callan. So um, we'll, we'll have a mixture, Shane, of, of some home matches um, at the boys' school. Um, we'll probably also have to play some of our... We'll have to give up home advantage and perhaps play two away matches. Um, it, it, it depends on the age group um, and, and how many games we can hold uh, on on a particular Saturday or Sunday, um, we're, we're hoping that by um, the end of the year, uh, perhaps February next year, will be the time that we can actually go back to the fair green in Callan. But the the, the real uh, we won't see the benefits of of how good that pitch is probably for another year. It, it takes around two years for the the grass to bed in, and uh, and we'll see just just how good the facility is then. But um, we're only looking at really. Um, February next year, and we'll be we'll be back at our home again, and and uh, hopefully hosting some uh, some top top class games. Well, we're looking forward to. It. Hopefully, we'll meet again next season if we end up do getting promoted at some stage or in the cup. It's always a, a great joy to be playing against yourselves. Uh, the, just looking ahead, we mentioned looking ahead. You've just received the club mark one star award. Before we go, what's what's the next step of progression then from that? Um, well, currently at the minute, uh, I don't think the FAI have any, uh, there will be a two-star 
award, but, but we haven't heard details of that yet. So that, that's something we'd like to work towards. So you have um, to set the standards, sir. <laughs> we, we, yeah, uh, I, I suppose uh, in, in, in Kilkenny, there, there's only ourselves and Evergreen have the club mark and, and uh, Evergreen have the entry level and we have the one-star award. So it just means if the FAI wanted to host a training event in Kilkenny, we would be the number one destination for it. Um, uh, and that's kind of, we've got, we've got a great relationship with the FAI. You know, our, our local coordinator is, is Will Kinsella, uh, top guy and, and, and very helpful um, so if anything was coming to, to Kilkenny, that, that's the benefits of it. And we just hope that our relationship with the FAI only gets stronger uh, in the future. Well, fantastic stuff, Rob. Thanks for taking time out on a Sunday as well to have a chat with us. But you're no doubt been involved in junior soccer. Sundays are generally gone anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it. look forward to seeing everything that's happening out in Callan United over the next coming months. And uh, wish you nothing but the best for next season. Rob Hitchens there and now St. Canis's as they prepare for their very first Divisional Cup final in their very first year. Here's the legend that is, Eddie Clifford. As you said, uh, it's been a tough year, starting off a club uh, especially, um, trying to get players in at the start, getting a pitch organised, things like that. It's been fairly hectic, um, but look, a lot of people didn't think that it'd work out few people thought that you know it'll fold and it won't last and the usual thing but with the support of the community around the butts area and um, the local areas around there it's been great fantastic you see it yourself there with the games we have down the water barks the crowd the people to turn up the sport is unbelievable it's brilliant and the butts was kind of crying out for something like that as yeah. well because you had the water barks there we used to train on the castle worm and we lost our pitch and we, uh, like we can get into the pitch kind of side of things as well uh, but the butts were crying out for something like that you know you see it with New Park as well you see how that kind of galvanises a community it's a great thing to have yeah definitely and um, that's that's a big problem with us as well with the facility like look we have we have the water barracks but unfortunately we're held back like in uh, progressing more because if we had a better facility or a better pitch or you know we could um, start bringing underage schoolboys involved and things like that and start progressing as a club like but for the time being so good so far like you know we're in a divisional cup final first year together after proving a lot of lads wrong you know but as i said that's thanks to a lot of the support we have and and with the club and the players the players that bought into it like you know it was a lot of players were skeptic at the start and you know, look, after being rewarded, we're in a, a divisional cup final and we just have to keep driving on. And there's some great players involved in the club as well. I remember going down to the watermarks and then seeing Graham Doyle warming up before the game. You know, Graham Doyle has an illustrious career in Kilkenny and Irish football as well. And looking at Graham, and I'm like, okay, is that how you warm up a goalkeeper, maybe? You know what I mean? But Graham, fantastic. Ushing as well, you were saying just before, playing in the Aviva Stadium, uh, has a great career in Kilkenny football as well. And he's putting on the colours for St. Canis's yeah, as well. Small bit of a difference, all right from uh, Nefiai Cup final in the Aviva Stadium to <laughs> Waterberg Stadium minuscule minuscule difference but yeah <laughs> but uh, Ushin is enjoying it as well like you know he's um he's no spring chicken to be fair like so <laughs> <laughs> but saying that as well like you know you have the elder statesmen uh, of the team and the lads who have been very used and accustomed to playing in the KDL but you're getting a lot of youth in the side as well and that's what struck me yeah. you know it's not like I think for it's not an old folks owned by any any no, stretch of the mean. It's a mixture, Shane. It's a mixture. Look, and and every club needs that. Every team needs that. Um, it's nice to have a team of all youngsters, you know, fit young lads ready to go. 
but you need a bit of experience in there like you know and we have that there with the spine of the team like Mark Flynn in the middle um, Ushin Carr centre half Graham Dyle in the goal you know that's that's massive we've young lads around that then like you know get a few years out of the boys and they'll the lads that were playing beside him then, like they'll, they'll pick up on that, like you know, and that'll come to a stage where they're going to be the experienced men and they're going to be the leaders of the team. Like, but every, every team needs that. And you're talking about people buying into it. What always strikes me um, with junior football is there's a lot of training still involved in it. You know what I mean? So you have your matches Sunday. You might train two, three times a week, depending on how many numbers you can get. You mightn't get as many numbers one day as you would the other day, and you have to work around that. How's numbers been in terms of training? Uh, to be fair, f- at the start of the season, we were um, we were overrun with numbers. We were down in the water barks with 20-odd players, 20-something people signed but you're always going to have that at the start of um, every club starting off or even the start of every season with clubs they'll always have big numbers coming in and signing up they slowly start drifting away you know pubs start opening up and lads don't want to be getting up on Sunday morning that's it like the novelty starts wearing off like but to be fair we have a a good group of lads there Um, they're committed um, they'll turn up they're training the whole time we train twice a week we'll have a game then on the weekends or if we don't have a game we'll try to organise a friendly everything is being done right Yeah, you know there's no shortcuts took and being done right as well you're going to need support you mentioned the support of the community you mentioned support of players uh, how have you found sponsorship as well have you found people kind of willing to buy into it a bit more uh, you know bit more kind of uh, open to the idea now that you're going to be in a final yeah but that's what even before we got here like um at the start of the season, first of all, like you, when you need jerseys and things like that, we had um, Mike Smith out with the Cat and the Fiddle. Um, he sponsored us. That's know, down in Irishtown, is yeah, it? Yeah, down in Irishtown, um, the Cat and Fiddle Gastro Pub. He sponsors with a with a kit, and that started us off. And from there, then, sure, loads of people helped out, like you know, without even going looking for it. Um, you had Tip Top Toes, uh, El Murphy, which would be Ushin's wife, and um, the kids' shoe shop down um, beside Dunn Stores. She's been great help to us, like. Um, They've recently owned Does she do football boots by any chance? Uh, no? She would, probably in your size. Yeah, yeah, you'll be safe enough. Yeah, But uh, she's recently after opening another shop in Carlow, like, you know, so um, anyone around there, just pop into it. She's, she look after you. We have uh, David Grinsell helped us out. We had Jackie Mullplaster and helped us out with um, with gear bags. Peter Blanchfield with Teamwear Direct. Like, Jackie you know, Mull and Davey Grinsell won't be too bad lads to get on the St. Candice's team. <laughs> look, we won't talk. Jackie's gone past it. But look, <laughs> I'm working on David. David Mull. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, 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 speaking of the final now coming up, you're up against Tullerone. You've played them already in the season. Like, What goes into that? We know that the game is going to be on a Wednesday night as well. Maybe a bit different than what normally happens when Divisional Cups are on. It's out in Durdemis on, on a Sunday, say, and you know... You mightn't get to celebrate in the manner of which you would want to, and considering the yeah. times that we're in, you're not really going to be able to do first, that anyway. First of all, it's a Wednesday night. It doesn't matter if it's a Monday night, Wednesday night, or a Sunday. This, this is the same goal. We have to go out there and win. It doesn't matter what day or what time it's on. It's going to be like, you know, you're trying to get the same outcome. You can't look into what you're going to be doing after it, or we're going to celebrate or pub. You have to get result in the story. If we win that, then, then we look onto it from there. Uh, Wednesday night, look, I'm sure there's still going to be a good crowd, whatever the 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 limit on people is allowed out there. I think it's 50 from each club. Or, but we're, we're looking forward to it. We played Tullerone once already, but um, I, I wouldn't even look into that game. This Tullerone side, they're, they're going to be a good side. Um, they've knocked out Evergreen 46. They've knocked out New Park. They're not a bad team. And even from when we played them, I think it was 1-0. There was nothing in it. They're, they're a tough team. They're a very tough team. And it's going to be a tough game again Wednesday night. 
and the lads are no doubt up for it. I remember when Castle Warren we got to we've been in two divisional cup finals. Unfortunately, lost one to New Park there not so long ago. And the same New Park team that are going into the KCLR McCallum Cup final. Great win there yesterday against Dean Celtic. We'll find out if they're going to be playing Evergreen or Thomastown later on today. Six o'clock kickoff in Derdemis. But we won our very first divisional cup final in our third year. And it took a while to get there. We came third in the league two years in a row. Managed to win then in our third season and win the double as well. And I can just tell you from that the club kind of like you're building up to something and it was that release that you got and no doubt that there was building it up from your perspective setting up the club having a few naysayers getting lads involved it, it kind of the culmination of it all hopefully can reach a crescendo from your point of view um but you know just to have that kind of will set you up and maybe you get the schoolboy teams out of that and maybe then other things start happening but it could be a, it's a pinnacle moment for the club no doubt 100% as you said there uh, your, your divisional cup final was your third year like you know that says it all like we're together like take take from last year over like with the pandemic and all like the break and coming back at it like this is only going to be our 10th game together wow. a competitive game like as a, as a club we've lost two competitive games one was against the Premier side Thomastown very good team. Very good, yeah. And our second one was against Fort Rangers. Not a very good team. You know, like that's. But apart from that, like we competitive boys, we we have done well. Like you know? I heard Jim Nugent was he playing in that game? Was he? I didn't know if it was Jim Nugent or Rushing Carr. To be honest, with you. I just <laughs> around the same age. Like, you know? But yeah, no, it, it, it's a fantastic thing. We wish you nothing but the best of luck. In terms of St. Canis's, then maybe a, a small bit about it. Is this the spiritual successor to AC Kilkenny? Uh well, like you go back years. Um, from from seventies and eighties and nineties, they were always uh, Saint Canis's had a good, a very good underage side. Um, they were they were they were quite good and some great players from the community. Um, without going into names, but some some fabulous players played with them along the way. Like, and they always had great support, and it was always a well known name. And uh, and then after that went away, you had AC Kilkenny there. They, they, they used the water barks, and it was run great as well by um, Dennis Dowd. Um, Dennis Dow Senior, he done a great job with AC Kilkenny, and it was there for years himself and Joe Terrell and everyone else that was involved with them. And after that, then a project came through with uh, with uh, the local community centre, and um, one of the projects was to get a junior football club back up and and going, and 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 that's what happened. I, I was asked would I do it, and I said I would, and. You know, I'm after getting a, a lot of help, and this is where we are now at the moment. And I'd imagine a lot of hassle as well. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of hassle, all right. <laughs> you get that all right. Every day. Uh, Eddie, just a quick, before we go, it's great having you in here, and hopefully we'll meet again um, in Division 2 next season. We know that the league, uh, or you won't, there's no league getting played in the cup yeah. maybe next season. Hopefully we won't meet again in Division 2 next season. We go up and you can go up. But uh, just a message in from Ethel there. Oshin will be well impressed that you said he was no spring chicken. Yeah, well, sure. The truth has to be told, Del. That's Scoreline Extra. Thanks very much for joining us. You can tune into the show 2 to 6 every weekend with myself, Shane O'Keefe, and the angry young man, Robbie Dowlin. Lots to come up over the next few weeks. We've got Leinster Championships, hopefully All-Ireland Championships on the horizon, as well as all the club fixtures, KCLR, McCallum and Cup, everything that you need to know about Carlo and Kilkenny is happening on Scoreline. I've been Shane O'Keefe. Stay safe, stay sane.